Hey everyone, and welcome to season three, episode number seven of the podcast, What is Culture? My name is Rocco Longarello, and this week I chat with Audra Felton, Tango's product marketing manager who works from our Indianapolis, Indiana location. So what's interesting about Audra is that she's the first employee I interviewed from our Indy office who isn't a former Mobian. She joined the company in April of this year, four months after the acquisition of Moby, and has always been a Tangaroo. I found that very interesting, especially with regards to her perception of our culture. So as a product marketing manager supporting all things Tango Mobile, Audra says she's passionate about helping Tango tell its story, while also providing the tools and the content that can enable our sales team to be successful in their role. You'll also hear her discuss some of the key differences between traditional marketing and product marketing. We also talk about what it's like being a working parent with an 11-month-old daughter. In fact, the episode begins with Audra talking about her, quote, typical weekend. This was a lot of fun, so let's get to it. Here's my conversation with the very passionate Audra Felton. Let's all learn from her. Oh, geez. I feel like there are no typical weekends anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. It depends on if we're super busy or if we're staying home. So, it, you know, we still love to do stuff with friends as much as we can. We have friends that have kids, friends that don't. Um, you know, for me, you know, to keep my sanity at times, um, I need to see my friends, whether that's just having them over or, you know, going out to eat and then, you know, calling it a night because you have kids. So, you know, we have those types of weekends, but then we also have, you know, more on the relaxing side. I think my husband and I are a good mix where we can be super busy, but we also really appreciate being at home and relaxing a little bit. So I love to just, you know, hang out with my daughter. I love to read. Um, you know, we have two dogs, so we take them on walks or, you know, we love to, you know, go to new restaurants. Uh, my daughter actually does really well at restaurants. So there's that. Uh, so yeah, that's just kind of, I wouldn't say we have like a typical weekend. I will say, mm -hmm. I don't think this, this is ever going to change me. Rocco is I'm a sleeper, love to sleep, need my sleep. Can't be one of those people that can function on like two hours. That's just not me. So sometimes on the weekends, the tradition is like my husband might let me sleep in a little bit and take care of the baby first thing in the morning if she wakes up early. So, you know, that kind of stuff happens on the weekends, which is yeah. nice. Okay. I'm with you on sleep. So you're, you have a daughter, right? I do. Yeah. How old Her name is she? She's Sorry. almost one. Yeah. She's almost one. one. On December 6th. Yep. How was she with sleep as a, as a baby? You know, actually we got super lucky because she was always a sleeper pretty much. Um, you know, you had to do the typical waking them up every couple hours for, you know, the first few weeks or month or whatnot. So that was just sort of a given, but a lot of the times it would be that I would have to wake her up, not necessarily that she would just wake up, but you know, kind of had to keep her on that schedule but she's always been a sleeper. Like now she, she's pretty much always slept through the night. We never really had much of an issue. Um, so she's sleeping 13, you know, 12, 13 hours a night right now. Mm. I know, I know all the other new parents that ever listen to this are going to hate me, but <laughs> that is the case. We're firm believers though, in the fact that we, um, and it's hard to do. And, you know, being a parent is hard regardless of what you do, what worked for us, uh, just, us personally is we put her in her crib pretty early on. Um, we put her in her crib, probably in her own room, probably like three weeks in. Yeah. So that worked for you. We, we, I think, uh, yeah, I've, the thing is, is my, I've had friends and family who had children where they did not sleep like horror stories. So I was scared yeah. thinking oh, yeah. that that was a possibility, but I were similar where she sleeps 
typically 10 hours a night is what nice. she averages yeah that's a win um, yes so what what <laughs> what do your mornings look like I think we've actually got our mornings pretty good now we've gotten into a routine you know it took us a little while obviously the first what was it four months I was home with her um, just on maternity leave so it was a whole different kind of routine but once I went back to work as well we had to really get that routine figured out and like I told you I'm I get up in the morning like I need to but it's never like I jump out of bed singing or you know just like ready and <laughs> raring to go that is never me it's not like I have to like drag myself out of bed but you know, it's always a little bit more of a, oh, maybe I'll hit the snooze button one more time kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's funny. Maybe Your daughter seems like she's going to be the same type of person yeah. if she's sleeping that long. I know, seriously. Like, on mornings where we have to wake her up earlier than normal, like, you can just tell she's like, why are you waking me up this early? Like, I, I feel like everything's off. So she's, it's actually pretty funny. So in the morning, we usually will tag team it like he'll always go and get the bottle ready and then you know I'll he'll bring her to me and I'll feed her and then I'll get her ready and then he'll take her in and so we've I think we got a pretty good routine down so he'll usually take her in in the morning and then I'll pick her up at night <clears throat> good that's good to hear because I still have days though where I want to jump out of a window I mean I'm not gonna <laughs> I do I do I'm sorry I do oh man yeah. I maybe I shouldn't have yeah. said that but well, how old is your, do you have just one just daughter? Just one, or? just one daughter. Eight, um, eight months, almost nine months, but I'm in oh, charge of the mornings. Oh, you're not too far from, okay, okay. Yeah, we're pretty close because she was born March 1st. Nice, okay. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is, so I'm kind of like doing the math in my head. So, so what's your daughter's name? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh, that's cool. So Brooklyn was born in December. So your daughter yeah. was born in December. And then you took maternity leave and mm -hmm. then you started with Tango in April, no? Yep. I Yeah, I started a brand new job after being on maternity leave. I was doing some independent consulting type work for about five months prior to Brooklyn being born. I uh, left the startup I was at. Um, yeah, I was like halfway through my pregnancy, something to that effect. And yeah, just did some consulting work and, uh, you know, product marketing type of uh, just consulting with different companies that I'd had relationships with. And so I got to take some time to do that and get ready for the baby, which was great. But I always knew I wanted to go back uh, and work full time. So, you know, I, I was on maternity leave. So I got an extra month with her um, than I think probably people normally get. So I'm really thankful for that. And then, you know, just the timing worked out with everything. Yeah. And you started at a time that was pretty hectic, was right at the beginning. Oh, of yes. <laughs> Tango Live started May. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah. that yeah. This past April and May was one of the most insane months for for product and marketing. Oh my gosh! So oh, I know, and I, I felt so bad because I couldn't do as much. I right, I was still on the learning curve and getting up to speed. So, I, you know, I was willing to help wherever I could, and it was obviously a great learning experience to get to go to Tango Live and observe and all of that. But I couldn't do as much because I was so brand new. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. So what's your current role with Tango? Product marketing manager, uh, supporting all things Tango Mobile. Can you go a little bit into more detail about what your like? What does a typical workday look like for you? Yeah, so you know, I know it sounds cliche that there is no typical workday, um, but you know, essentially, I think what Jill and uh, in the marketing team, what she's done really well is, you know, get us a lot more focused on 
you know, three big goals and then three actions for each one of those goals. And how are you going to do that on a weekly basis? So I think that's been really helpful for everyone to get to, you know, really hone in on that focus. So that's really what dictates my typical day or week really is, you know, what are the top three things that I need to accomplish this week? And, uh, you know, how am I going to prioritize those? So what needs to be, and that really kind of dictates my day, right? You know, everyone has those meetings and those calls, but I have to make sure to like, you know, set aside time to achieve the three things I, I told my boss that I was going to achieve the week before. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the three things I'm going to focus on. Um, and I'm a very detail-oriented and, and pretty organized person. And I know this sounds lame, but I love checklists. I love checking things off on my lists. Uh, so that's like a weird, you know, feeling of, what is the word I'm looking for? Accomplishment, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I love to still physically write things down, even in our world of, you know, evolving technology. I still like to write things down and, and physically cross them off. Mm-hmm. So do you work closely with other project managers, I'm sure, right? So Fix Mobile and Cloud, there's a project yeah. manager for each, or I'm sorry, a product manager Yes, that's that's correct. And I sit with the mobile team here in the Indianapolis office. So I'm working with them on a daily basis. So I work with, um, yeah, the product managers and product owners. um, And then, you know, Ian, um, you know, managing the overall team. And, you know, there's a bunch of different folks that I work with. Ian Runyon. Yes, correct. Yes, okay. He's he's dodging me. I'm trying to get him to get on the show, and he's like, I'm oh, I'm busy. I want to do it, but I'm busy. I'm I like, I'm, to I'm gonna him, get yeah. you, man. I'm gonna get I, you. I talked to him today, and I was like, Hey, I'm I'm you know doing this podcast with Rocco today, and he's like, Oh yeah, he has been asking me to do that, and you know, in his defense, he pretty much is always on a call, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah, his life is pretty hectic. So I would assume. Your role is probably one of the most challenging things is learning about our offerings, no? Yes and no. It it definitely is, obviously. And I'm a big proponent of, you know, constantly learning, constantly being open to learning new things. And I'm always trying to, you know, stay up to date on all the latest training that's available for Tango Mobile, you know, most specifically because that relates to to my job. So I know that there's always ways that I can be learning more about um, the platform and just I really want to become a subject matter expert in Tango Mobile. And what is it going to take to make that happen? I think that's just going to, you know, make what I do for my job and and what I deliver that much better. Um, But I think, to be honest, the one of the most challenging things is really taking all of the cool stuff that we do, all the complex things that we do, and really simplifying it as much as possible and having a simple way of, of explaining it to employees and customers, you know, here's what we do in a way that kind of like a universal language that everybody can understand mm-hmm. and it resonates with them. So I would say that's the challenging part is it's really hard to make something simple, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. It does because I have a background in content marketing and that was one of the things that I always had to do was take the complex and turn it into something that the average person could understand. So I, yeah, you're speaking my language. I, I totally get that. So like when you started, what were, what were some of the things that you did to kind of get yourself up to speed as quick as you could? Cause you came at such a challenging time, right? The tango and Moby and tango yeah. live. So what kinds of things did you do to make sure you were kind of getting yourself up to speed? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm a big proponent of, you know, obviously, like I said before, you know, training and, and reading as much as you can, you know, being a sponge, soaking it all in. Um, but I think the real learn, like uh, the most learning for me personally, how it happens is meeting with people. 
getting to know as many people as possible on all the different teams. You may or may not work with them on a daily basis, but you know, I, I remember for like probably my first month or two months that I was here, I just scheduled meetings with, with as many people as I could think of that, that we'd be working with in some capacity. Or I would ask, you know, Ian, who knows everybody. I said, Ian, you know, who, who should I be meeting about this particular topic? Who can I go to to ask questions about this or get to know, you know, as I'll be working in this area. So just scheduling a lot of those meet and greets, I think was really key for me. Um, and then something that I do a little bit more now, especially is, you know, shadowing people and, and calling into customer meetings and just observing, you know, not necessarily saying anything on all these mm -hmm. calls, but really observing those interactions. And, you know, you really, for my role, I need to hear what customers are saying, what their feedback is, what's resonating with them. And, and, you know, it's really helpful to see our product team interact with the customers. And it really, it, it really affects what I do and the kind of content that I write and how I write about what it is that we do. It's all very helpful. So really like meeting with those people, shadowing, you know, attending all of these different conversations that, you know, being a sponge and getting as much as you can out of it. That's been the most helpful for me. Yeah, I could see that totally. And you know what I was going to ask, and I think it might be helpful for, for the listeners. What do you think are some of the biggest differences between traditional marketing and product marketing? That is a great question. And I've been asked that many times, not just here, but in various organizations I've worked at, as well as people outside of this. So, you know, what is the difference? And it can vary from, you know, company to company and industry to industry. Um, but from what I've seen when I've worked in, in SaaS specifically in the different companies is they are one team. Yes, obviously. Um, they work very, very closely hand in hand. But I think product marketing is obviously much more, um, you know, product focused. They work more closely with the product teams that they support. And they have to be more of that subject matter expert in that particular product. And they sort of own the message around that product itself, right? So like I own the message or I'm one of the people that that owns the message around Tango Mobile and how we get that out, um, you know, working with those people on the marketing team to get that message out to our customers. I think another big piece of something that's different product marketing versus marketing is product marketing is, um, you know, we are responsible for a lot of the content around um, enabling our sales teams. Mm. So working with them and making sure that they understand the products and not only that, but like new features that come out, kind of keeping them up to date on that. And, hey, here's a new feature that they that, that we just released. Here's what it does. Here's the value of it. You know, here's how you can go and talk about it with your customers. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in a very strong relationship between marketing and sales. Um, those are the most successful companies are those that have that strong relationship between the two. So I'm constantly working with um, some of our top salespeople here and just asking them, hey, what are you guys hearing? you know, out in the field that's resonating with customers, you know, what are, what are some of the things that you talk about that, that, that really get them to, you know, have those aha moments, if you will. And then what's really not resonating? What can we maybe stop doing or what can we not waste our efforts on that, you know, we don't want to be creating things for sales that they're not going to go use, right? So that's a big part of what product marketing does. And then, mm -hmm. you know, overall traditional marketing, I think um, some of the differences are they own, you know, sort of the overall tango story, right? You know, the kind of umbrella story, if you will, that sort of filters down to all the products. Um, they they have a lot of things like PR, website, uh, just the brand in general. What does that look like, um, you know, from a design aspect? Uh, yeah, I think that those are just some of the differences between the two. But I mean, we're all one team here at Tango. We just kind of have our special specialized areas there. Um, but I've also been a part of organizations where product marketing has rolled up to product. So it just sort of depends on the organization and where it fits. Yeah. <laughs> 
totally. That's I love that response. Thank you for that because I know that it, like you said in the beginning, it's going to vary from organization to organization, and sometimes something that might fall under product marketing uh, in one organization might fall under just traditional marketing in another. Mm -hmm. But right. for yeah, the way I and I I'm kind of curious if the if I'm right or wrong. I wanted to get your answer. I always lo thought it was traditional marketing primarily focus uh, focuses on acquiring customers and then the product marketing is more focused on satisfying the current customers uh yes you could no. tell me I, i'm I, wrong I, yeah <laughs> no 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 i don't i don't think you're wrong at all because i think there's kind of a combination there yes i mean marketing as a whole we're obviously responsible for you know generating those leads and and obviously generating those leads that are qualified in a way that sales can actually take them further down the funnel right but um, in the sense that product marketing kind of helps with new sales is, is we enable the sales team. So if they're going out and getting new, you know, getting those new deals, we equip them with, you know, collateral, leave behind, sales presentations, demos, those kinds of things to get new customers. So that's where product marketing would be helping in that regard. But then we also help a lot with we write customer stories. We, I mean, the marketing here at Tango has like is, is going to have a customer experience like um area within marketing but we work very closely with that person and you know i just went to a customer this week and interviewed them um you know as far as how they're using tango mobile you know how they evolved with their relationship with us what was their situation before and we actually go and write those customer stories so in that case that's more around like a retention sort of aspect of it so we totally. kind of touch all um phases i would say probably all of marketing does really okay so know what you said, Audra, that stood out to me because I, I agree with the philosophy that marketing and sales kind of have to be connected at the hip in order to really accelerate, I think. So I'm wondering, because when I in my days in marketing, there sometimes there was um, a little bit of tension between the two departments and we need this and we don't have that. And where is uh -huh. this? So I'm wondering what what do you constantly hear sales asking for that we haven't yet provided to them? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know that they're they're necessarily asking for things that we don't have. I think a lot of it right now is just with with rebranding and you know the acquisition and the transitions, all these kinds of things we've had, all of these things created in some capacity, but things have changed so much that they need to be updated, that they're outdated. So I think that's more of that is that they're asking for things that maybe we need to update versus we don't actually have. But we get a lot of requests for customer stories. Mm -hmm. Obviously, customers want to or prospects, I should say, want to hear from other customers. They don't want to hear from us like they want to, you know, see how others, you know, in their industry or in similar positions that they are or having similar problems. You know, how did we help them solve it? So customer stories is a big one. And then, um, mm -hmm. oh gosh, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff I've been asked for. Um, you know, one of our strengths, you know, is our global reach, obviously, and, and presence. So I've gotten a lot of requests for like a slide on Tango Mobile's global footprint and sort of, you know, what that looks like, what countries we support, what languages we support. So little things like that, that, you know, actually do go a long way and that I've gotten more of. So we're trying to stay ahead of it and anticipate some of these things. We're creating like a, um, a sales toolkit. I don't know if you were on the, um, the town hall today, but we're, you know, that's one of the things product marketing is responsible for is creating a sales toolkit, if you will, um, you know, a compilation of, you know, pieces of collateral and things that sales can use um, to have it as a toolkit, you know, at the ready for what they would need for new deals that's constantly evolving. So we're going to add more to that. 
but um you know i think yeah some of the big things would be you know case studies and then oftentimes it's like a leave behind or a one page sort of summary of you know <laughs> yeah of course right so we have we get a lot of requests for that but um something that i think the whole marketing team is really striving for and doing a good job of um since joe came on board is you know having that consistent message and consistent like look and feel and structure across the different products like they right. uh, they are obviously different products but we want that sort of story and some of the um kind of key messages and and the way we lay things out you know uh, a one pager for example well we want a one pager for tango mobile to look the same as have the same look and feel as Tango Cloud. Like they came from the same company, if that makes yep. sense. Yep, it so totally that's what does. We're working on. Yeah, yeah. What are, What do you like the most about your job? Oh, um, I love, uh, I just love the technology piece and getting to learn more about that every day and just feeling like I'm getting to that point where, you know, I'm more of an expert in it. Um, so yeah, I love the technology piece. And then I love the people. I just love getting to work with all the different teams um, on a daily basis. It's just amazing how much product marketing, you know, can touch as far as the different teams and what they can be involved in. And, you know, I'm, I'm involved in the, from a development perspective, like attending the kickoff meetings, the demo meetings from like the very beginning of a feature. Um, so that's always great too. Okay. So let's move now to, you know, the title of the show, what is culture, right? So I'm uh -huh. sure you, I'm sure you've maybe thought about this, but in general, how would you define culture? Really for me, I just associate culture with people, right? It's, it's the people that are around and, you know, the type of feel that you get every day when you come into work and, you know, it's not only about the work that you do, but it's really about how you feel about yourself and the people around you and just, you know, sort of the, the vibe of the team and whatnot. So I think when I think culture, I think people. Mm -hmm. So you, it's what's interesting about me speaking with you is you're the first person that I spoke to in Indianapolis who wasn't a Mobian. You've always yeah, been a, you've right. always been a Tangaroo, right? I have. Yeah. Uh huh. So it's cool. Then I'm going to ask you this question. So how would you describe the culture in the Indianapolis location? The Indianapolis location is, from what I've heard too, it's it's still very much, um, you know, they like to keep that Moby culture, you know, and and remnants of it that was it, what made them Moby, right? And um, you know, the culture here in this office is just very, um, how do I want to put this? It's it's like very laid back, but very professional at the same time. I don't really know how to put that into better words, really, but it's like it, it's just. Um, a very friendly, easy environment to be a part of. But you know there's so much work happening and so much hard work happening, but you know there are lots of different great sitting areas. So you can just kind of tell that uh, the vibe that they really value their their people and you know being able to be innovative and you know not be so much in like a cubicle sort of cut off from everybody, right? Like it's very open concept and just you know, fostering that collaboration and things like that. There's a ping pong table. I'm always seeing people there just to take a, you know, five minute break out of your day to, you know, clear your head and things like that. And I know that they've been working on getting more of that in the offices as well. I think that's a big thing is just having those spaces where you can, you know, take a mental break, if you will, I think is huge for just the the well-being and the people and like i said people going back to to the culture and we just had our thanksgiving feast today and it was awesome like you know we had food catered in people brought all sorts of desserts so we got to have like a work thanksgiving mm. oh that's great yeah yeah one of the things because i've been there a few times i've 
there's a perfect line between uh, business and business casual that I just I really enjoy when I work with people from that location. Agreed. But yeah, that is a really good way to put it. And um, yeah, you can just tell it's like very, very laid back, but they but at the same time, you know, they get stuff done and they work harder than, you know, people I've seen in a long time. And and just another great example is uh, Joan's team, um, you know, the automation team, the, the, you know, the mother of the robots and all her team, like they're always over there, like playing, getting to know you kind of games. If they have anybody new or, you know, doing icebreaker things or, you know, testing the flavor of jelly beans, right? Like they'll do it on a random Friday afternoon. Like it's really tough and uh, just the type of atmosphere that we have here. Mm -hmm. So how would you, and this is, again, it's, it's cool to, to ask someone who is not uh, an ex Mobian that is working in the Indianapolis office. I think that's interesting. So how would you compare the culture at Tango to other corporate positions you've had in the past? Mm. And, you know, and I haven't always been in the tech world either. So I'm, I'm trying to like compare that <laughs> as well. Um, I think what I like about the culture and I think they're, they're working to, they're, they're constantly working to improve it is be more open, right. And, and being very, you know, transparent with employees and, you know, having those town halls recorded and sometimes, you know, putting things like that on Instagram and just being more open. I, I like that. I've been in companies in the past where that hasn't been the case. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say obviously fostering innovation is a great thing, which I think Tango does. Um, I think, you know, things that I've seen have, you know, not work in companies I've been in in the past is, is when leadership isn't aligned on the vision and moving forward and talking about things differently and maybe saying things differently to customers. I've experienced that. And I don't think that's the case here. I do think we've all got that common vision and we know what we're working towards. We know what's expected of us and um, we can kind of share in that mission and vision. So I like that part of what Tango does as well. Um, <clears throat> You know, I do think here in Indianapolis, too, we've really become we're, we're becoming more and more like a, a tech hub here. We have quite a few tech companies that are popping up. And I think, you know, Salesforce coming here and I, I think has really shifted the culture a bit in Indianapolis, the, the community as a whole. And I think it's forcing a lot of companies to be, you know, more innovative and more of like a tech company like a Salesforce and some of their policies. And um, so I, th I think it's a lot of positive things that are happening. So I'm seeing those happen more and more in companies like Tango. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answered that question. No, and, yeah, it's good. Because yeah. like I said, I'm just, I think it's really interesting the perspective that you bring. So I'm wondering, so again, we're approaching one year since Tango and Moby came together. So from your perspective, how do you feel the integration of the, of the two companies went or is going? Yeah, that's a, a great question. It's also, I mean, it, it's sort of difficult for me to answer in a sense that, you know, I wasn't here when it happened, right? I came mm -hmm. in in April, um, so it had already sort of been happening. So I can't speak as much to, you know, the, the earlier part, right? But like similar <laughs> for me actually is when I was hired on by Exact Target, they were going through the acquisition or the Salesforce was, had acquired them a few months earlier. So it was very similar situation that I went ah. through when I when I joined Tango as well. Gotcha. So I had a very similar experience there as far as just coming into a company as it was getting used to as it was getting acquired and kind of the changes were already underway. So, you know, my from what I've seen from my different experiences, right, is there's always going to be 
challenges and difficulties with any type of acquisition and companies merging. And I think it takes time for that to happen. But what I've also seen and, and from what I've heard from people is, you know, the Tango Mobile or Tango Mobi sort of acquisition and, you know, the coming together. I think they actually did a great job and came together a lot more quickly than companies I've seen in the past or that I've heard about, right? Like that, you know, they actually, a lot of things happened a lot quicker, um, you know, just due to, to hard work on both sides of things and um, the, the cultures coming together and, um, you know, it's actually, it's it's gone very well. And, and I mean, there's still challenges I'm sure that we're experiencing and it is gonna take time to figure out that's normal. But, and, you know, we hear it on the town hall, we all have the same, you know, we all have the same game plan. We all have the same end in mind kind of thing. So mm-hmm. do feel like, I feel like we're one company and it, it, it does take a while to get there, but that's completely normal. And um, I do think we're doing a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been very impressed with what that's I've seen. cool. Yeah. I love that you have that, um, that point of comparison. That's really interesting. So <laughs> I just transition here a little bit. So Tango's purpose is helping millions of people work smarter every day. So what would you say your purpose is? What what makes you come to work every day? I should know this off the top of my head. Um, on my LinkedIn profile, it says, and this is what makes me come to work today here, everywhere, just from a product marketing perspective, is I'm passionate in helping companies tell their story. So I'm passionate to tell the Tango story, both internally and externally. And I'm also very passionate about technology and also being able to um, help sales be successful because they're one of our key audiences from a product marketing perspective. So I'm passionate about giving sales the tools that they need to be able to be successful and, you know, go get us more deals. So we all work together. And so those are just a couple of things that I'm passionate about. But I do. I love telling uh, telling the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. That's great. So I want to move to the stuff that I'm really interested about talking about with you specifically. So as a new mom and all the challenges that go with that and all the hecticness and all the craziness, do you think you have a healthy work-life balance? You know, I think I actually do, um, which is shocking to me because I don't think a lot of people do. And it's, you know, it's something that I have to consciously work on, obviously. um, And I just, I have so much respect for all working parents. It's, I mean, it's hard, you know, no matter what, no matter what industry, no matter what type of job you have, you know, complete respect for all working parents because it is, it's like you work all day, then you come home and you don't, I mean, you don't get to relax. You have a different type of job when you get home. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, as far as my balance goes, I'm one of those people that I do need to step away from time to time. Like if it's at night, if I have to read a book for, you know, a half an hour or do something to kind of wind down, I'm one of those people that has to do that. Some people can be on all the time, right? And more power to you, but I need a little bit more sleep. And and from time to time, I need to be able to like wind down, especially after I put the baby to bed. Like I get home, you know, after working all day and then I have to chase her around. I mean, it's wonderful, obviously, and I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) But then there's, there's still like, I, I need at least like 30 minutes to myself. That's not like focused on work or a baby or, you know, anything else, but like, I can actually do something to, to unwind just for my own sanity. Mm-hmm. But, How you know, about, I, I yeah. mean, I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring out the work-life balancing. I mean, I have so many great examples of, you know, friends of mine, family that have done it. And I'm like, you know, they're, they're superheroes If they, but if they can do it, I can do it. I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. What's funny. There's like high fives all around the house. Once we put Leah down to sleep. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's, um, 
Yeah, it's it's really challenging. Do you find that management at Tango allows you flexibility in terms of, you know, having a child and the and the flexibility that's often needed with that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's one of the the reasons I really I, I really love the team, and and that's another part of culture that's that's huge for me. Is you know, if I have to drop everything and go get her for some reason, that's what I have to do. And I, I do think that you know leadership is very you know understanding and open about that, and. Um, <clears throat> You know, it's it's for me, I feel like it's not of the culture that like, oh, you have to be in your seat at 8 a.m. until, you know, 5 p.m. And then you can get up out of your seat. It's very much like you do your job, you get your work done, you do whatever you have to do to get your work done. But if you have family things that come up and you have to be somewhere else, that's what you do. And that's huge for me now as a parent with the, the kinds of culture that I look for um, is just that kind of openness to that flexibility and flexibility to to family and those mm-hmm. needs that come up. Yeah. So l- the last thing I like to always do before we we disconnect here. So you knew you were going to be on the show a few days ago, maybe a week ago. Is there anything else around the topic of culture or anything at all, really, that you wanted to address? Um, I just want to give you an opportunity if there's anything that you wanted to touch upon uh, before we say goodbye. Not really. It's just I appreciate you doing this, Rocco. I think this is a great thing, really. Like I said, it kind of goes along with recognition in a sense, just like recognizing, you know, random employees that work here and and telling the rest of the Tango world their story. And I think it's very, because everybody here has a different kind of story to tell. And, um, you know, everyone's a part of building this culture. And so I think it's a great thing that you're doing with this podcast. And, you know, it's a great way to you know, bring us even closer together from a culture perspective. So that's the show. Again, I was fascinated by the timing of Audra's arrival to our organization. I mean, she had a baby girl in December, right around the time when Tango acquired Moby, and then she joined the team in April, weeks before Tango Live, knee-deep in the preparations. Talk about a busy time of year for her and for product marketing. But Audra is a firm believer in continuously learning, and she's proven to be a great asset to the department and to the company overall, and I'm quite impressed by her handle on work-life balance. It was great to talk culture with Audra, but since my daughter is just three months younger than hers, I also enjoyed hearing about Audra's experience as a new parent in the workforce. And of course, I was very happy that this episode was able to highlight some of the goals of product marketing. Thank you, Audra, for being on the show and for sharing your story. I really enjoyed our conversation. And if you enjoyed this episode, and if any part of Audra's story resonated with you, I hope that you'll reach out to her and drop her a line. Lastly, if you would like to be a guest on this show, please send me an email at rocco.lungarello at tango.com. And to learn more about this podcast, visit our companion blog series, which you can find at tango.com slash blog. Until next time.